Hello and welcome everyone. You are listening to the Mental Health Matters podcast. We really hope that you enjoy today's discussion. Hello everyone. Um, sorry it's taken a little bit longer than I'd anticipated to bring out my first episode of the Mental Health Matters podcast. I am, if you don't already know, quite a busy person so I need to fit this podcast kind of around my busy schedule but I think Mondays are a very good fit for that and today I really just want to brush over anxiety as a topic and really just how to cope with it because a lot of us suffer with it at least once in our lives so it's something that's very close to my heart as well as many of you that are listening as well so I really do think that it's important to cover this topic. Now before I get started I just want to thank everyone for messaging me um, with their interest in popping on on um, an episode of this podcast. I've had a lot of interest which is amazing because that is kind of the point of this podcast is to reach out to those who need the right support and you know an encouraging environment to know they're not alone. I've had many responses so my schedule is nearly all booked up for a month two months ahead so if you do still want to feature on this podcast please remember to pop me a message on my instagram and that's at gem counseling practitioner and remember that you're spelling gem with a j and not a g right so let's get started so as i said earlier today we're going to be talking about coping with anxiety and as i said before a lot of us suffer with this it may not be on a day-to-day basis but a lot of us do struggle with it on a day-to-day basis so it's really important to kind of highlight how you know ways in which we can cope with anxiety so anxiety is an emotion we feel when we think we're under threat and we cannot cope with the situation so you'll you'd be right in saying that it is a defense mechanism so common situations that might make people feel anxious are maybe school exams job interviews or even like myself where you do live videos or public speaking it can be overwhelming and it can bring about anxiety anxiety is an emotion experienced by everyone so if someone says to you they've never experienced anxiety I'm almost certain that they have just not to the levels that perhaps you might have done or that I might have done it's a very subjective emotion and that's something else that we need to consider as well when we talk about this topic it can feel like anxiety is always there and it can be experienced so intensely that it stops people from doing what they like to do in life And that's when you definitely need to seek help, is when it's kind of interfering with your day-to-day life, okay? And, you know, for this reason, anxiety is incredibly distressing. And a lot of people, and I've heard this, like some some people have said to me, can you not just kind of distract yourself or kind of, you know, get over it? And those are the three words that I cannot stand, get over it. It's it's, it's not helpful for anyone, Um, but yeah, so... This podcast is just going to try, or this episode, should I say, is just going to try and help you understand anxiety a little bit. 
and provide you with some techniques to try and help you reduce your anxiety. Now, it may sound really simple, but I don't like to sugarcoat things. When you cope with anxiety, it can be quite an overwhelming, um, I don't want to say thing, I want to try and come up with a better word, but it's, it's an overwhelming task, shall we say. So first let's just talk about what anxiety is, because a lot of people when you ask them, and even if they experience it on a daily basis, they never know how to quite define anxiety. So let's try, you know, and, and talk about what exactly anxiety is. Now, I will say that anxiety is a normal experience, which although it's not very pleasant, it is harmless. And that is one of the key things. It is just an emotional response to a perceived danger. No matter how terrifying it feels, it is harmless. And it can be really hard to kind of talk yourself down from anxiety and from panic, but it is harmless. And it can be tough to kind of accept that because it doesn't feel harmless at the time that you're experiencing the anxiety. But it's important to try and be logical and to remember that it is harmless, okay? So some examples of symptoms of anxiety are kind of feeling on edge or feeling nervous. Your heart rate may be up, you may get palpitations, your breath may be shortening, a dry mouth as well, you could shake, sweat, often feel dizzy and lightheaded, and you're under the impression that something just terrible is going to happen and you can't get that thought out of your mind. Now you can understand with all of these symptoms you're going to feel overwhelmed and you're going to feel scared and you're not going to feel like, feel like you're in a harmless situation but trust me you are. So this is not an exclusive list so people may experience different things with anxiety and it still be classified as anxiety as I said before it's a very kind of subjective or relative experience to the individual now as I said earlier although you know anxiety is unpleasant it is actually a very helpful mechanism and in fact it can warn us and protect us when we are in danger when we're in actual danger so for example most of us would feel anxious standing over a bridge or over a mountain or something without any sort of fence or barrier and the feeling of anxiety motivates us to move away from this edge that we're near or be very careful Okay, so therefore anxiety does alert us to possible dangers and prepares us to respond to that danger. Now this is known as the fight, flight or freeze response. Now if you've ever been to a counsellor or you've ever kind of researched this, a common theme that is brought up when researching anxiety or seeing someone about anxiety is they will tell you about the fight or flight response and they don't tell you about the freeze response uh, but it is in there and they just don't tend to highlight it which is why i'm going to highlight it in today's podcast now what is the fight or flight response so it has evolved over millions of years and it's enabled us to confront or escape danger um, so basically we have got this from our ancestors and although it may not be particularly kind of proactive now for us in certain situations, it helped them survive back then. So what does it include exactly? So it includes the mind becoming more focused on threats or scares, okay? And it will scan the environment for any more threats. You'll start to 
sweat so that your body can cool down in anticipation. It releases adrenaline, which is what we feel m mostly, is the adrenaline, um, which can cause the trembling and the raised heart rate and everything. It also produces saliva, or no it doesn't, it decreases saliva, sorry, causing that dry mouth. Your digestion will slow down, you'll get increased muscle tension, increased heart rate, and you'll breathe a lot more quickly so you can get oxygen to your muscles. That's just a simplified version of the fight, flight or freeze. Now when I talk about the freeze response, this is when you just kind of are frozen in place. Now you may experience all of those symptoms or you may experience none other than just being stuck in place. Now back, back when our ancestors had this, it stopped them from being eaten by predators or to be attacked by predators, should I say. So it's almost like playing dead in a way. Um, and it did serve a purpose, but now it just stops us from being productive in our day-to-day -day lives. But to know that it did actually serve a purpose back then can kind of bring about a little bit of comfort when we experience these, uh, when we experience these symptoms. Now, a lot of my clients always ask me, well, when does anxiety start to become a problem? Because it's different for everyone, isn't it? And you can never really know for sure. Anxiety, like I said before, is normal, but it can sometimes become a massive problem. Our thoughts about situations appear to contribute to anxiety becoming a problem. So, for example, we may think a situation is more dangerous than it actually is, or we may think a situation is dangerous when, in fact, there is absolutely no danger whatsoever. So our thinking can trigger that fight, flight or freeze response, which can result in us feeling even more anxious. So anxiety can affect our behaviour. If we feel anxious in a situation, we may want to avoid it. The problem with avoidance is that it does not enable us to find out if there is any real threat or danger. If we keep avoiding situations, we will start to limit what we do in our day-to-day -day lives, which is what a lot of my clients have a problem with, is functioning day-to-day -day when they experience this avoidance and they experience this sort of behaviour. Okay, so... That's when you know that anxiety is starting to become a problem and that you need to address it. Because many people may be able to cope with that, but you shouldn't have to. You, you, there should be ways of coping, the, you know, mechanisms put in place that will help you kind of not, you know, not feel that way anymore. Okay, so one way we can do this is to manage the physical symptoms of anxiety. So there are three ways you can manage physical symptoms, okay? So you control your breathing is one, muscle relaxation is another, and a big one, which I do recommend a lot, is reducing your caffeine intake. But before we go into this, this let's just describe how your anxiety might affect your breathing. So when my clients describe their anxiety to me to their best of their ability, because obviously it is something, you know, it's a very complex emotion, they often overbreathe when they feel anxious, which means that your breathing becomes shallow and fast. So this occurs at the fight, flight or freeze response and as it prepares your body for physical exertion. So it's just preparing you to run, basically, or to fight. So you need that physical exertion to do either of those things. 
So physical exertion requires muscle strength and activity, as I just said, and this requires more oxygen to be pumped via blood to the muscles. And of course, how we get that, you know, the oxygen, is through breathing. So when the fight or flight response is activated, breathing will then become shallow and fast in order to get more oxygen into your lungs to start preparing your physical exertion. So you can see how this would work well, but only if the body does become active and burns off the oxygen. So if this does not happen, the balance of oxygen and carbon dioxide in the blood is therefore disrupted. So too much oxygen and not enough carbon dioxide. So although this isn't dangerous and the body will correct this imbalance, there are some side effects which we touched upon earlier. So the lightheadedness, the dizziness, the feeling faint, the tingling sensations, which I didn't touch upon earlier, but they are a common symptom of anxiety. And sometimes you'll get visual changes kind of like in your visual, you know, field. So over-breathing is a... Um, a major physical symptom that you can manage okay so often people make the mistake of trying to breathe more when they start over breathing probably because they fear that they're not getting enough breath when the reality is that trying to breathe more or gasping for extra breath will actually make the symptoms worse and not better so again it's not dangerous to breathe more but it will result in more discomfort so one way to manage this is to practice controlled breathing and again this is one way just to counteract the symptoms of overbreathing. so you can easily learn to correct overbreathing by focusing on breathing gently and evenly through your nose therefore filling up your lungs completely and exhaling slowly and fully so controlled breathing may sound easy but it actually takes practice so using controlled breathing effectively can help decrease the physical symptoms of anxiety so that's one of the major major things that you need to focus on when you're trying to manage the the uh, physical effects of anxiety now how do you practice controlled breathing because it's all well and good me you know just saying rambling off these things to you but how do you actually practice it so what i would recommend is just setting some time aside for when you will not be disturbed you know try and find a quiet and comfortable place with you know an average room temperature so that you're nice and comfortable this can be done either by sitting in a chair or lying down and if you do lie down be careful not to fall asleep because that kind of negates the aim of what we're trying to do so i'm going to talk you through just some simple steps to help practice controlled breathing so you start by noticing your breathing. Is it fast or slow, deep or shallow? Just tune in to how you're breathing in this moment. Place one hand on your chest and one on your stomach. Breathe in slowly through your nose, allowing your stomach and chest to gently swell. You will know that you're breathing deeply if both hands gently rise. There'll be less movement in the hand on the chest. Let each breath follow naturally. When the in-breath has ended, let the out-breath happen when it is ready. Exhale slowly and gently. It can be helpful to imagine letting go of any anxieties you have with each out-breath. Imagine the worries dissolving or floating away. As you breathe in, imagine a sense of health and well-being filling your lungs and stomach, and then your entire body. Once you have got used to the rhythm of your breathing, try to keep your attention on the physical experience of the in and out breath. If you find your mind wanders and or you start to feel anxious, gently bring your attention back to your breathing. 
carry on practicing your controlled breathing for the desired amount of time. Now you can replay that as much as you need to, to practice controlled breathing. It does take time as I had to do this myself, but persistence and rehearsal is key and you will be able to do this. So what we're going to move on to next is progressive muscle relaxation. So just working on relaxing those muscles which tend to tense up during, you know, tense times of anxiety. Okay, so under stress, the muscles in our bodies will tense, as I just said. Muscular tension causes uncomfortable sensations such as headaches, stiff necks, painful shoulders, tight chest and difficulty breathing. The most effective way to control bodily tension is to learn how to relax in response to tension. With practice, you will become better at noticing when your muscles are tense and you'll be able to relax them on the spot without having to tense them first. Now, this may sound simple, but it does take practice just like the controlled breathing does. And I'm just going to talk you through some steps now on how to practice progressive muscle relaxation. So, you need to sit or lie down in a comfortable and quiet surrounding. Remove your shoes or loosen tight clothing. Start by taking a couple of deep breaths. Allow yourself to be still for a few minutes and let yourself start to unwind. Focus on your breathing and let your muscles slowly start to relax. Focus your attention on your hands and arms. Tense your muscles in this area, but not so much that you feel a great deal of pain. Notice what it feels like when these muscles are tight and tense. Tense for about five seconds. Then relax the muscles in your hands and arms. Let them become floppy and limp. Notice the different sensations in your muscles from the tense state to the relaxed state. Focus on the feelings of relaxation in your hands and arms for at least 20 to 30 seconds. Then begin to move it down to other muscle groups such as feet, calves and thighs, buttocks, stomach and back, shoulder and neck, jaws, eyes and scalp. For each muscle group, repeat steps 5 to 8. Now, there are some extra tips here that will help in terms of relaxation. Again, you can play you can play those tips, those practice practice tips back um, as much as you want to in in this podcast. Which is why I love the idea of making a podcast is that you can just go back whenever you need to. But let's talk about those relaxation tips. So. Relaxation is a skill that takes practice and if you practice it twice a day you'll start to notice that it becomes easier to relax and that you'll become relaxed a lot more quickly. So I'd recommend setting aside 30 minutes so that you can have ample time to practice and relax. Uh, Relaxation may be more effective when you practice alone without any interruptions so I would definitely recommend that. Once you've gone through each of the muscle groups, remain seated or lying down for a few moments just to allow yourself to become slowly more alert. Focus your attention back to your breathing, inhaling slowly through your nose, exhaling slowly through your mouth. And finally, when you feel relaxed and notice that your breathing is deep and regular, take your time and get up slowly. Now that seems like a lot, doesn't it? But it will eventually help. So I recommend definitely trying the muscle relaxation techniques 
twice a day make sure that you're by yourself you're comfortable either sat or lying down again don't fall asleep if you lie down you need to try and be a little bit more aware with this that's why i always recommend to sit but if we're talking about muscles and trying not to tense them due to anxiety i would recommend lying down as it'll probably be the more comfortable position now last but not least we talk about reducing caffeine intake now this may seem like a really obvious step but a lot of people don't realize that caffeine can really really negatively impact anxiety so again it, you know it can impact how anxious you feel like at any given moment and this is because caffeine is a stimulant that can have a very arousing effect on your body so if you have been struggling with stress and anxiety the last thing you really need to do is consume a stimulant because it will make your anxiety even worse so people who get through a large amount of caffeine a day sometimes find that reducing their caffeine intake helps to reduce their anxiety and even people who drink a moderate amount of caffeine can notice improvements in anxiety simply by reducing their caffeine intake so where is it present so how can i avoid caffeine intake well it's present in coffee tea and that includes green tea and some flavored teas fizzy drinks uh, check the ingredients list just to be sure and chocolate as well does include caffeine so think about how much of you know these items you're consuming in each day and you may want to to start with to keep a caffeine diary just to keep track just to see actually how much because you could be consuming a lot more than you think and that could be one of the reasons why your anxiety is so high another thing about caffeine is that it is actually addictive so this means that heavy users can become dependent on it they need more caffeine to get the same effects and experience withdrawal if they don't get it if you're consuming a large amount of caffeine you may find it quite difficult to suddenly stop having it so common withdrawal symptoms include headaches fatigue and shakiness as well as the strong urge to have to have something with caffeine in it so for this reason it's a good idea to reduce caffeine intake gradually and not cold turkey for example if you're currently drinking up to say six cups of coffee or tea a day try five cups a day for one week and then four cups a day for the next week and so on so just try and do it gradually you do not have to get rid of caffeine completely from your diet as for many people small amounts of caffeine actually isn't bad for you they do not have major a major impact on anxiety it's also fine to drink decaffeinated beverages which are available in most shops now if you're having difficulty with sleep it may be particularly useful to cut out caffeine and take completely in the afternoon and the evening so maybe stick with the morning if you need to have a little bit of caffeine just avoid having it um, during the afternoon and at night time so that is a relatively kind of simple thing so just check all the ingredients keep a diary just so you actually know how much caffeine you're having a day because i didn't realize until i actually started keeping a diary how much caffeine was in my diet and i have actually cut out most caffeine now so i only have fizzy drinks that are decaf is it de yeah it's decaffeinated and i will have decaf coffees because i just cannot focus properly now if i have too much caffeine so it's the complete opposite now so i've actually managed to condition myself in a healthy way to stop with the caffeine 
Now, I think moving on to the most important part of this podcast is actually managing your anxious thoughts because really that's the pinnacle of this, isn't it? Is you know, it's a well and good kind of thinking about you know, managing the physical side effects or, you know, the physical symptoms of anxiety. But unless you know how to manage these anxious thoughts, it's kind of pointless to try and manage the physical side effects. So you may have noticed that you are anxious and you think about things in a different way from when you are calm and relaxed. So normal everyday things can seem threatening and stressful and you may think that everything will go wrong or that you'll be able to you'll be unable to cope. So you may even find yourself thinking about things that didn't used to bother you like why your partner is 10 minutes late from work or whether that cough really is a sign of a serious problem. It can literally be anything and when you start to pick about small things in your life like small details that's when it's starting to become a problem and you're starting to not really think logically about normal scenarios okay so people who struggle with anxious thoughts tend to think like this so it's very likely that things will go wrong when things go wrong they will go dreadfully wrong and when things go wrong the individual will be unable to cope now if this sounds like you that's absolutely okay because this is what anxiety does to us we tend to catastrophize every single thought that we have any situation that's going on and that is why it's important to manage your anxious thoughts okay and one way we can do that is to challenge them now this is a big thing i have with my clients is to actually challenge the thoughts that you're having so say instead of saying what is what if sorry say so what now i said this in a youtube video that i uploaded about a week ago and it is a very powerful tool and although at first it's kind of challenging (laughs) that's the whole point all right so there are two steps to successfully challenging anxious thoughts Firstly, it is important to identify anxious thoughts. And secondly, you need to challenge anxious thoughts by finding more realistic and helpful alternatives. Okay, now that may not make sense, but I will elaborate. So let's talk about step one for a minute, and that's identifying anxious thoughts. Okay, so in order to challenge an anxious thought, you first need to know the content of the thought. So identifying anxious thoughts can be difficult, obviously, as anxious thoughts may be quick and automatic. So at first, you may only be aware of your anxiety when you feel it. However, the more you practice identifying your thoughts, the clearer your thinking patterns will become. So thoughts may take the form of words or sentences such as you know I can't cope or what if as I said earlier you may also experience images or pictures in your mind such as the image of a car accident or yourself doing something a little bit embarrassing both can cause high levels of anxiety okay so if you're finding it difficult to identify your thoughts try asking yourself some of these questions what was going through my mind just before I started to feel this way what does this say about me if it is true What does this mean about me, my life, my future? What am I afraid might happen? What is the worst thing that could happen if this is true? What does it mean about how other people feel or think about me? Okay? To help you start identifying your anxious thoughts, it is useful to record the situations that make you feel anxious and the thoughts that you have at the time. For example, write down what you were doing when you started to feel anxious, then ask yourself, 
What was running through my mind when I started to feel anxious? If it was an image or picture in your mind, try to describe it clearly. Finally, write down how you felt, you know, your emotions. Okay? So you could say what the situation was, what was going through your mind, and how did it make you feel. Okay? Now that seems relatively simple enough, but what my clients find more challenging is <laughs> challenging those anxious thoughts. Now again, the, th- the, the common theme of this podcast is practice makes perfect so you're not going to know how to cope with something off the bat and if you are I'm incredibly jealous of you if you have that ability but I have never come across anyone who is able to do that so kudos to you this bit isn't for you but let's just talk about step two which is challenging those anxious thoughts so this is you know to help you try and evaluate whether or not your concerns are realistic and in proportion to the situation. Then you need to decide whether there are any more helpful ways of thinking about this exact same situation. Now a major problem with anxious thoughts is that they are based on exaggeration, guesswork and future predicting. Therefore, learning how to develop alternative, more realistic thoughts can help you break out of the vicious cycle of anxiety. The result of this should be that you feel less anxious and better able to cope with difficulties. Now, having said that, challenging thoughts is not easy. The technique takes time and practice. The best way to learn how to challenge your thoughts is to use a thought record. Okay, now I've done this with many clients. I do it myself sometimes when I find that I am particularly anxious. Okay, now this could just include the situation, what was going through your mind, how did this make you feel, facts that support the thought, facts that provide evidence against the thought, alternative, more realistic, balanced perspectives, and the outcome. So the outcome being to re-rate the emotion. And... Lastly, I want to talk about questions that will help you find evidence that does not support your anxious or unhelpful thoughts. So this is pinnacle. You may you may want to write this down, okay? So the first question is, have I had any experience that shows me this thought is not completely true all the time? Okay? The next question is, if a friend had this thought, what would I tell them? Okay? Or, if a friend was thinking this thought, what would they say to me? What evidence would they point out to me that would suggest that my thoughts were not 100% true? When I'm not feeling this way, do I think about this type of situation any differently? And how do I? When I have felt this way in the past, what did I think about that helped me feel better? Have I been in this type of situation before? What happened? Is there anything different between this situation and the previous ones? What have I learned from prior experiences that could help me now? Are there any small things that contradict my thoughts that might be discounted as not important? Five years from now, if I look back at this situation, will I look at it differently? Will I focus on any different parts of my experience? Are there any strengths or positives in me of the situation that I am ignoring? Am I jumping to any conclusions? Am I blaming myself for something over which I do not have complete control? Okay. Now, these questions are incredibly important in terms of really just identifying and challenging those thoughts. Okay. Now, I really do hope that this that this podcast, this, this episode was particularly helpful to you. I realise that it's not as long as most 
podcasts and I realised that there's no guest but there will be guests in the future. Now, I want to just talk to you about some further help. So there is a psychological wellbeing service that I am going to talk to you about. So you can access the psychological wellbeing service via self-referral or through your GP. Okay, Monday to Fridays. It is so, 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 so important to keep in tune with how you feel, whether it be anxious, depressed, frustrated, angry, nervous, anything. It is so, so important to keep in tune with how you're feeling. I I cannot stress that enough. If you are feeling like things are starting to get out of your control, you need to see your GP. You need to either take someone with you you need to just be there for yourself like you would a loved one because you deserve that support and you deserve to be loved and to know that you're worthy of those things okay now i really hope you did enjoy this session episodes will be up every monday let me know if there's any topics that you would like me to or like us to discuss and i will see you all next week Bye.